Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Monday, September 25, we're back. National One Hit Wonder Day. There's a lot of good picks for today, but I felt like One Hit Wonder Day was appropriate because Super Bowl halftime, Usher, I went back into the you know Spotify greatest hits, and I got to be honest, not so impressed by the Usher catalog. I mean, it wasn't a glamour halftime guy, but you know I expected a little more. There's yeah, and then... He's got the DJ falling fall in love. What is it? <laughs> DJ falling in love song. DJ got us falling in love. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of the greatest Minecraft remixes of all time. That's not a bad one, but like, where are we going for three? We got my boo. That's not bad, but I don't know how he's gonna get to five songs. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I don't know much about Usher. I wish I could <laughs> chime in, but I don't. I don't know his catalog very well. Yeah. And I, from my understanding, he has a Vegas residency, so he's not... I mean, the Super Bowl's in Vegas. This is just a bit of an F-minus appointment to me. It's like the 25th backup type of deal here, but that's... I don't know if Wait, you guys... sorry, Phil. Is Usher, is Usher doing this year's halftime show? Yeah. Are you under a rock? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's terrible. That's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, they announced it this morning. He's the he's the halftime this year. Holy, is he, wait, wait, is he performing with somebody else, though? No, it's just Usher. He's got to bring somebody out. It's, Taylor Swift. Did you see she was at the Chiefs game today? You might have missed that. No way. <laughs> was she actually? There's no way. Are you being serious? You know the NFL dot, like, or not NFL.com, the NFL Instagram graphic with the final score? Wasn't a picture of the uh -huh. game. It was 41 to 10 final, and it was a picture of her. <laughs> credit to the nfl i mean we gave uh kelsey like i guess speculative credit for being a bag chaser and i think uh, the nfl is doing their thing and, and leveraging the the swifties and trying to get some eyeballs so i guess i can't hate but uh yeah it was brutal today i think espn had 10 posts today 10 <laughs> instagram posts today about taylor swift at the cheese game which is shocking that's Colorado Buffalo's numbers. <laughs> it's not a good weekend for. And that. they were all talking about how she, 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 she said the f word. It was like as if it was the craziest thing of all time. Like it was like that we had just landed on the moon. <laughs> yeah, she dropped the LFG, which I, I mean, yeah. get the FCC on the line because that's crazy. <laughs> you you can't be doing that, especially you know. I said this to Calum. First date material, like first time meeting the mom. I'm going to assume. Dropping the LFG after the touchdown, cancelable to me. Personally, like you guys know me, I love to hate. Like I'm, <laughs> I live to hate, and I would love to hate on this Taylor Swift stuff. And obviously, the ten posts is ridiculous. But when I watch the LFG, and I'm like, I don't like the yeah. Chiefs, but that kind of fired me up. I was kind of like, okay, like <laughs> Taylor's in the game, like she's going hard. I like that. I hate to say it, I did like that. Yeah, I liked it too. You guys and are up. simps. Well, Phil, Phil, I mean, you were, you're just a, you hate Taylor Swift. Yeah. We need to get that on the record. Well, I just, you know, if I'm, let me say this as nice as I can. 
I don't think like her, like, I think her act is a little bit tired is what I'm going to say. And I don't want people coming after me, but like the, I'm showing up to the game. Like, let's make sure we leave together when the phones are out. And the part that put it over the edge for me, because I've seen a hundred Taylor Swift things today was them driving out in like the convertible. This is so planned out that I cannot do this anymore. She comes for the game against the Bears, who are literally just a JV team. They, they might as well have played like Western Canada High School today. They, the Bears had no business even being on the same field. She comes for the blowout so he can score. He wore a jacket that was 1989 edition. Like, I'm just so out. I so planned out, I can't do it. That That's my only hate. Well, I will say, I think you have a license to speak freely in the Venn diagram of Taylor Swift fans being the large circle and then flag on the play listeners. Somehow, I don't think there's a ton of overlap. So you can let it fly. You don't have to worry about any backlash. I don't think. Okay. Uh, that's good uh, to know. I agree with you. And and my spin on that is it's totally like they're hamming it up for the media and they're, and they're you know, it's clearly they're, they're, they're putting on like a bit of a show but to me it's just you know travis knows what this is he's we've established he's a bag chaser and you know if he as long as he has her he's going to do everything he can to make sure that people know that they're together because that's i mean that's the game for him so i i actually every time i saw clips of them together and stuff it fired me up because i like travis is you know chasing the bag you are something else, man. I can't believe that's the take, but I guess respect. I guess. Sort of a soft respect. You know, honestly, a very interesting day of football, and I hate to do, because we have a lot I want to talk about, and I hate to do this, but I saw a text from Owen today that really piqued my interest where he said, my phone has been non-functional all week. What exactly happened? And like, Spare some details here. Just give me kind of like a, a Spark Notes version of what happened. First of all, it's only been like 36 hours at this point. But basically, I have a pretty old phone and I've been rocking it for a couple of years, like two, three years. Uh, and in the last probably year, year and a half, it's developed an issue where uh, it won't charge unless it's sort of at an exact angle. <laughs> uh, and then once it's at that angle, which maybe takes a little bit of adjustment to find, you can't move it. You got to find the angle and just leave it there. Um, and it, it's a little finicky. And, and and so I guess on Saturday, uh, I plug it in. It's just, I can't find the angle. So I'm like, okay, let me try again tomorrow. I wake up, or sorry, this is Friday. I wake up on Saturday and I just can't figure it out. I put in all types of uh, chargers, flip in different directions, uh, and it's just not charging. So now it, it's just been off for the last 36 hours. So I've been ripping uh, the computer, just, you know, everything off the computer. It helps kick the phone addiction, which I guess is nice, but, you know, I just had to ask yeah. you that. Anyway, um, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. First of all, when Adam gets on, he's not on right now, he is going to get pressed as hard as anybody's ever pressed anybody because the week he picks to show up late, Trayvon Diggs torn ACL, Cowboys blowout loss to the Cardinals, and oh yeah, and he crashed back down to earth and picks. So somehow, conveniently, he's late to this. I do want to say, though, Elite zone, we have to start with a team that's not in the elite zone because the obvious, obvious promotion to me is Miami. 
I'm not breaking any news there. They dropped a 70 bomb. I guess my question would be, does a 70 to 20 score say more about the Finns or say more about the Broncos? Kale, me, you have a take there. It's not a good take. I think it's a 50-50. I mean, the Broncos, we knew they were poverty. So I guess in that way, it says more about the Dolphins. This enforces the poverty. I mean, this is a bad, bad team. Uh, impressive that they even put up 20. Uh, and then the Dolphins going into the week, I didn't think they were going to have a showing like this. Uh, I was kind of prepared to use today's game as a pushback for any elite promotion. Uh, but I was completely wrong on that. They, uh, what do you want me to say? They dropped 70 points. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So uh, I think there was inkling last week to send them up. And obviously. Yeah. As for whether this speaks more to the, ability or just the ineptitude of the Broncos. I think this is a statement win for the the Dolphins more than anything, because, you know, the Broncos are obviously a poverty team and terrible in lots of ways and their defense has regressed, but it's not, I mean, it's, I think most people would agree. It's not, you know, bottom of the barrel defense. Uh, to me, this was just, I mean, Mike McDaniel, I think the coach of the year campaign starts now because, or probably started a couple of weeks ago. I think this was his coming out party for sure. He's put, put everybody on notice because he will win coach of the year. Uh, and at this point I was, when I was watching the game, I, I started to think like his two, uh, the, the, the uh, front runner for MVP at this point. And I think he probably, if it's not him, it's Tyreek, right? It has to be one of the two. I mean, I mean, this team is probably up there with the Niners at this point for best team in the NFL. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's funny every year, like the MVP guys kind of come out second or third year. Like that's usually the pattern. They kind of like get the narrative and sweep by. And this year I remember looking at it in the preseason. I was like, well, there's no names on here that I really like. Like, like as crazy as it sounds, I think Justin Fields was like a more trendy pick than Tua was. That's insane three weeks later. But I mean, it's just the facts. Nobody really saw this coming. I never saw anybody in the preseason pick Tua to win the MVP, but it's, pretty obvious that that's the direction it's going i think he's a prohibitive favorite and what did he start 16 for 16 in this game in the first half passing they don't they're the best team in the afc right now and the stuff they're doing is just incredibly impressive i mean they had the most yards of any team ever my only worry would be i mean you you don't want to say you can hit the ground running too early or peak too soon but this is just like domination, no matter who is out there. And I mean, credit to the Patriots for slowing them down last week because I wouldn't even know where to start for defending them. And Denver is obviously a basket case. But like, they're subhuman. They belong like below poverty. They're in their own zone. But I mean, to do it all without Jalen Waddle, those running backs combined for almost 400 yards and eight touchdowns. I don't I don't even know what to say. They, they are right up there with San Francisco. No other way to say it. One take I would like to get off, and uh, Owen brought up McDaniel as maybe a coach of the year front runner. I did not take my hater shot on uh, Taylor Swift, so I'm I'm gonna get a little bit of hate off right now. Like he had his like little classic press conference clip this week where he says Pat Sertain he hasn't uh, allowed anything. Oh oh, you mean his son? Good one, fucking loser. But yeah, then uh, yeah. what I wanted to say about McDaniel was. Like they they came out and made a statement. Tua said after, "Oh, we didn't kick the field goal. Like we're not out here to embarrass teams." Like to me, you have an opportunity to kick the field goal to set the all-time NFL record with seventy-three points. It seems more disrespectful to be like, "No, no, we're good at 70. 
Like once you run it up and you score your 10th fucking touchdown of the game, you're disrespecting. So you might as well just go for the record and kick the field goal. Uh, to me, that's a soft move. Uh, and a, uh, that's not uh, becoming of a coach of the year. I think you go for the record there. No question. Thoughts on this? Uh, I think it's almost more disrespectful to make that comment because it's like, it's one thing if it's like a, you've scored 38 and they're at like, you know, 24 or something, you don't want to run it up, but you just dropped 70. And so it's kind of funny that like, we want to embarrass them. So it's like, he's saying the 70 wasn't even embarrassing. Like, it's like, that wasn't even a big deal to him. Exactly. So that's almost, I mean, I think that's kind of game from Tua, to be honest, like that kind of, is, that's kind of a bar. I can't, uh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I agree with Kalem. When he said, we're not here to disrespect people, it's like, okay, then why doesn't Robbie Anderson fall down when he catches the ball? Or A-Kane, Acne, A-Chain, I don't know how to say his name. He had 50 fantasy points today. How about when he bursts through the hole, he just sits at the first down line like Ahmad Bradshaw instead of going 70 yards for the touchdown? That would maybe be not disrespecting. And even so... How about not disrespecting? Mike White comes in in the first play as a 40-yard bomb. How about we just put it into the line, guys? The Steelers' fullback dive play works. You could do that three times and punt. That would be not disrespecting. So I'm with you. But you got to go for the record. I mean, it never happens. I've never seen a team score 60, let alone 70. When you're there, when in Rome, that's what I think. I might be biased because, like, obviously they won by 50. I had them... I had Dolphins minus 52 and a half. So the field goal meant a lot to me, but it, it didn't. <laughs> 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 well, well, joke. Little Caleb <laughs> banger. <laughs> Ridiculous. 50, 70 points is, uh, I, I didn't even know that that was possible. Like that to me, I don't even remember seeing 60. Uh, That's what I'm saying. In a game. I don't know if I've ever seen 60. I remember the Patriots won a game against the Titans in like 2010. This is really niche. 59-0. I remember it very well. And I was like, yeah. wow, I'll never see that again. And then I saw a 70 And piece. that was in the throwbacks. It was. And and the Texans, yeah. or the Texans, the Titans were wearing the Oilers. Oilers. That's right. It was a banger game. I think Kerry Collins had about seven interceptions. It was an all, it was a classic. And Randy Moss probably had like four <laughs> touchdowns. Good times. Those Dolphins home games in September are also just a glitch too. I mean, the fact that they get the shaded side and Denver's just down by 50 baking in the sun. Sean Payton's probably got a, the biggest sunburn of his life, and that's saying something considered he golfed every opening day this summer. So um, anyway, we could talk more about Denver later if we really want to. But I'll just say, of all the teams that could have 70 hung on them, my picks would probably be I'd like to watch it happen in Dallas and then Minnesota, and then third place would be Broncos to watch. Sean Payton, notorious scumbag, bounty gate, need I say more. And then Russell Wilson, the McConaughey of the NFL. Uh, love to see those guys suffer. So really uh, proud of Miami today. I would like to say my my top two, Cincinnati and then Denver. So Okay, so everybody's yeah. happy. Yeah, it's a win-win. I like Denver. I don't like Sean Payton. I don't like Russell Wilson, so I'm okay with it at the end of the day. But I know San Francisco won on Thursday. Miami, we always, I know we try to pick a, a, a number one team. I don't want to be a prisoner moment guy, but Miami overtook San Francisco just by that today. I mean, their their best game is better than anybody's best game just because they have two on Tyreek. That's really the way I see it. And San Francisco's a, a dominant team. I mean, Purdy on Thursday, that guy's just a good quarterback. 
with Debo there, as long as he's on the field and he has a number one receiver, they don't even need Ayuk. I mean, they are, to me, the head and shoulders above everybody else. And the Chiefs beating up on the JV Bears is not doing anything for me, really. I mean, congratulations, you beat the Bears. I'd like to ask, I still hear people on podcasts and just on, on the internet say that he's like a system guy and he's not that, his arm isn't great and he's just kind of a product of Mike Shanahan and or Kyle Shanahan and receivers. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just at a loss for, for what else he could do because I think he is a good quarterback at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't let those people keep you up at night. I mean, if you watch the game on Thursday, that nuke to uh, Debo uh, in the fourth quarter down on like the near side pylon, uh, throws like that. I don't know if there's a system where those get easier. (laughs) If there is, I would love to play in that system. Brock Purdy's uh, the real deal. And the fact that he went in the same year as Pickett uh, doesn't make a guy feel good, but... Well, I don't know if this will make you feel any better, but today was Kenny Pickett's first ever game passing for two touchdowns. So the arrow is pointing up with Kenny Pickett. Way up. Buy low, sell high, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I, at the point though, with San Francisco and Miami, where they should honestly just take Hill and Samuel and just put them on like an innings limit until like, you just need those guys in January and you'll be fine. They are so good that they could probably get away with that. So something to consider, just a little float out of an idea. Um, Dolphins bills, by the way, Next week is going to be a, a fantastic game. I'm really looking forward to that. So good for Miami getting up there. Um, Philadelphia is yet to play. Dallas, look, if Adam's not going to be here for Dallas, um, I'm going to say it. I'm not that alarmed. I think Owen was extremely right when he said the Cardinals are charging towards unserious. They, he was right last week. We laughed him out of the gym. And yet, my apologies, you were correct. And I would say that Dallas, I'm willing to be okay with this and say, took didn't take them seriously, thought they were poverty just like we did, and I'm willing to let this slide and not demote. That's my my opinion. Let this slide for da- like Dallas. Yeah, and I think I think it'd be hasty to move them at all at this point. I mean, Dallas has shown what they are over at least the two games, and then I don't think they were prepared for a team that was probably better than everybody was expecting. Uh, and I want to say uh, about Josh Dobbs, I think he's legit. I think he's like a going to be a really high-level backup uh, for, you know, five, six years to come, <laughs> if not a little bit longer. He's going to be Jacoby Brissett. What a gig. Yeah. And somehow James Conner, a legitimately good running back too. I thought he was so cooked for years. Same. But he uh, he's a beast. I remember when the Steelers got rid of him. Caleb can probably vouch. I was like, thank God, that waste. That yep. guy was such a bum. And then he's like lighting it up for the fourth year in a row. I don't I don't even know what to say anymore about that. And now you're you're watching James Conner and Josh Dobbs, both former Steelers, uh light it up for, for Arizona. Sucks. But good for Arizona. I mean, you gotta like that. Everybody loves watching Dallas lose. I would probably agree with you, Phil. I, I think they're still in the elite tier. A very interesting game next week in Dallas, but New England coming to town. That's a game uh, that I will be uh, keen to watch. I think they stay where they are, but yeah, I think no doubt the Cardinals are are unserious. And I just want to say, you know, I was wrong in Miami. I'll put my hand up if I'm wrong, but I did not laugh at Owen last week. I believe I stood up for him. We can cut the tape on that. 
Yeah. Thank you. That's possible. I definitely laughed him out the gym. That was my bad. I, I'm owning that. I'm man enough. I'm getting out in front of that ball. So my bad. I'm sorry. And you're right about Dobbs. He is like the 25th best quarterback in the league. I'm taking him every day of the week and eight times on Sundays over Desmond Ritter, that bum who we can talk about in a bit, but <laughs> he sucks. And say, I'm, I don't want to beat up on Zach Wilson anymore. We could kick that down the road. I did, you know, the Diggs injury. I don't know how much it impacts my view of Dallas. I certainly think he's important because he takes away possessions. I mean, that's how you win games. You, you get more possessions than the other team. And he's, one of the best in the league at that, but I certainly don't think it knocks them down to a tier. Like I, I know people were going crazy about the injury, but Stefan Gilmore, that's why they traded for him. Like they're not going to lose that much out of that spot. So when you look at the good tier, Owen, is there, I don't know if I'm hinting at anything here, but is there a team that maybe sticks out to you as one that shouldn't be in there? Yeah. I, uh, I want to apologize well, we, there was some hot, you know, some hotly contested debate last week, uh, and there was two names that were brought up. And I'm going to come. I'm going to go to bat for one of them, and the other one I'm going to concede on. Uh, and I'll start with the good team that I think is still good, uh, which is uh, Detroit. I think Detroit's still a good football team. Now I know they maybe brought down to earth a team that was probably outperforming their actual sort of skill level and capabilities, which is fine to say. But I think they handled business. They more than handled business. I think they they beat up on them a little bit, which I like to see for my good teams. Um, but I think what you're alluding to, Phil, is uh, is the the, ja- the Jaguars. They're just they're not they aren't just sort of at this point in the season. They're just not a good team at this point in the season. I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna you know say they're not going to be back there, but I think good teams take care of business, and uh, the Jags did not take care of business today. Uh, they didn't take care of business last week. Uh, and they just didn't really at no point today were they particularly competitive. Uh, and so I think it's they just at this point, they have too many issues and, and they just it's not they're not a good team, which pains me to say, but, you know, transparency. So, yeah. And listen, I'm not I don't want to be a hater again, but Trevor Lawrence tweeting out the pen and paper emoji, maybe put the phone down for the night, dude. You couldn't punch in a third touchdown against the Texans and you're getting boomed on 84 yard touchdown by Beck. I don't know that I would be tweeting the pen and paper emoji after that game when I haven't beat the Texans. I don't think ever in my career. So that, that would maybe be my suggestion to him. Owen, I'll throw you a, a life thing. What are those things on boats? I'll Raft. throw you one of those to life preserver. Yeah. 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 I'll throw you one of those. Uh, <laughs> The Texans historically just have the Jags number. It was something like 20 out of the last 25 matchups uh, the Texans have won, which is kind of just a ridiculous, like, Packers, Bears, uh, Steelers, Browns kind of just franchise domination. So I guess that is the silver lining. Uh, But I've been saying it for, well, since week zero, since before the season started. I don't believe in the Jags. Um, Thank you. I was right. I I was there with you. I had the under. Yeah. I said this was an eight and nine team last year that beat Brandon Staley in a playoff game. Congratulations to them. They need to do a lot more for me to show them. And they actually have a good, you know, show me game this week coming up in London in the Toy Story broadcast against the Falcons. I think 
that's a good chance for them to really put it to put some pieces down and show me something. I would like them to do that. Do I think they're going to do that? No, I think they're fraudulent, but it's possible. So we'll kick them on down. another note though. CJ Stroud is, is legit. I want to say that he's really good. Yeah. I think he's really good. And they have good weapons for him too. That Nico Collins and tank Dell are two actually like decent receivers. They put the pieces around them. Yeah, it could be a quicker turnaround than I think most people thought. Do you know if you'll be watching from Andy's room or are you going to stick with kind of the regular broadcast? I think I'm going to take the trip to Andy's room, dude. I want to see what it's all nice. about. Are you yeah. going to are you going to go yeah. in the room? Uh, hey, if you're going in Andy's room, I'll come with you. <laughs> I'll leave the door unlocked. Now, how are they going to go in Andy's room? Like what's the like, do you have, like, any idea what the plan is here? Are we just saying Andy's room? Well, that's just what they said in the, like, promo teaser. Oh, it'll be from Andy's room. So after, like, the Nickelodeon, like, just absolute slime attacks on some of those other broadcasts, I don't think anything's off the table. So uh, we could see some old favorites, some new faces. Um I'm probably more excited for to see what they do with the Toy Story broadcast than I am to watch the Falcons play the Jaguars in London. Certain teams uh, more prone to these London games. Like I feel like the Falcons and Jags are always over there. What's that about? The Jags owner has like a contract where they're there once a year minimum. So they play the most games in Jacksonville they're tr- or in London. Sorry, they're trying to be like London's team basically. And I think this year for the first time ever, if I'm not mistaken, they're there this weekend coming up and then they're there the weekend after that. They have a double. So they're just, you know, the London Jags. That's just their identity. And I'm kind of hoping to see just quickly on Andy's room, like maybe we get a touchdown and a guy pulls up the cleat and it's got Andy on the sole, or maybe Whoa. like maybe he, like yeah. the the crane comes in and picks them up, like they did with those little goblin guys. You know, I'm a Toy Story guy. Lotso the bear, maybe I'd be down for pretty much anything if it's related to Toy Story. And it's on so early in the morning that I'll think it's sick, no matter what. I'm with you. I have bad like memories of uh, these London games. I remember the year that Calvin really got bopped for his. Uh, alleged gambling they were playing in london and he just got like healthy scratched like i woke up to see that i just had a roster spot getting soaked by a guy who wasn't playing um so that i'm kind of haunted by this falcons team playing in london but we'll see what happens i guess well the game works yeah, for me i like it credit you know credit to buffalo getting the job done today 37 6 that's what I want to see from Buffalo. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying promotion or anything because they lost to a terrible team in the first week of the season. You can't lose that game. So, you know, they have a lot of repair to do, but, you know, I got no problem with that loss. Is there anything you want to say we bring up to the good zone, Kalem, or anybody you want to kick down, or does it look good to you at uh, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Detroit? I think probably today's game says more about the Colts. The Colts have been like sneaky competitive this year, um, which might be a team you call frisky. I'll let you guys decide. I think Baltimore's still a good team. They definitely got robbed in OT. They should have won that game, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, agree, just no call. And I think the Bills are on watch uh, to move up. I think they absolutely shat on the commanders today. Um, next week for the Bills, it's the Dolphins, and that's going to be uh, 
potential mover for the Bills. We'll see what happens, but I'm pretty happy with the good tier. Yeah, I think it's good at four. We can pick one out of the Frisk zone, Owen. Is there one that you want to see go up from the helmets that are in there? Because there's a lot to choose from. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some movers in this category, but is there anybody you think that merits going up? The only name that kind of jumps out to me is the Seahawks, but I don't think they're good. Just be inclined to leave them all in Frisky. I'm okay with that too. We're closing the door on good, but there certainly could be some some steps down as we've discussed. Oh yeah, no, yes. we're we're going to be flicking some of these down for sure. I mean, we know what we're doing with Chargers Vikings. They're both going down. It's a double. They both left town. There's no way to explain that game otherwise. Brandon Staley running up the sideline in joy when they got the game-winning interception. If I was anybody else on the coaching staff, I would have popped him in the mouth. The the fourth and one (laughs) was absolutely the stupidest play call of the year, in my opinion. That was egregious coaching. I would fire him tomorrow even though they won. That's how bad that was. And I know I'm not breaking news here. Brandon Staley's bad, but that was a new level of bad for me. You think he's running in joy or is it relief? Hmm. What do you think is a better emotion? Well, I think joy would be like way worse for a coach to be running in joy, but I don't think you can fault a guy for running for relief. I mean, that's a stressful job when uh, any week the ax can fall and you're on the streets my God, after that fourth down catastrophe and just the the season they've had, uh, if there was ever a moment for uh, true human relief to be on display, uh, that was it. So I don't fault Staley for uh, for letting it out a little bit there. I fault Staley for a lot of things, but run up the sideline all you want. He was, he was not yeah. to be outdone by the Vikings having 30 seconds left, getting a first down, having two timeouts, and then taking the clock down to 11 seconds and then immediately throwing an interception. Don't, you know, call a timeout and huddle up and figure out a play. Run to the line. Kirk is pushing the receivers into the directions they need to go. It's like, hey, you guys got t- you guys can use some timeouts here. Come together, you know, make some subs, do what you got to do. No, <laughs> no huddle, interception, Neil, game over. Yeah, that made no sense. These teams are kind of, it seems like two Spider-Man memes. They're probably the closest two teams to each other in sort of skill level and just character like they're both sort of teams that have you know really nice pieces and sort of really good elements to them but are just like totally inept at so many things and they kind of are you know it's like they're trying to run with their shoelaces tied together <laughs> at times if you wrote an article about the chargers season and you wrote the story of weeks one through three you could really just hit control f swap out chargers for vikings uh, and the article would be you know pretty much good to go i think you couldn't be more right and it's interesting to see how the preseason kind of thoughts you know when do those really die uh, because i think going into the season yeah there was expectations for both teams coming off good years they got the weapons on offense though that's been argued for uh, uh, minnesota but even today watching football with my uh my associate Bryce, he's like, oh, put on the Chargers Vikings game. I said, why? Why would we watch those two teams play each other in football? It will not be good. Uh, And it wasn't. So I think it's time for those preseason feelings to die. I think these teams uh, are making an overdue uh, drop to unserious. They're not the team, uh, the teams that we thought they were. They suck. They stink. And and the funny thing about that too, to me, is like, 
because they basically are the exact same teams as last year. The only thing that's wrong is our predictions as to how they would be different. You can't tell me if 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 we played these three games sort of in succession after the last seventeen games of last or the seventeen games of last year, this wouldn't be kind of exactly how you'd imagine they played out. Like the Vikings were in one score games. I guess they lost these ones, so that's maybe one difference. And then the Vi- the Chargers score a million points, give up a million points, and win one out of the three games. Like it's just interesting how little change there is and over the offseason. Kalem, I think you made a Freudian slip when you said this team, then you corrected yourself to teams. I don't think you needed to correct yourself. We can just merge them together. They are a team. The Vikings and the Chargers are one. They're an entity. So anytime they come up, just put them as a group. The the Chargers, the Vikings, I don't want any difference, difference between the two of them. They're together, in my mind. They move together. They stay together. They're unserious. That's where I'm at with them. And... I know I don't want to go on the Chargers forever, but Keenan Allen is way better than Owen for years saying Justin Herbert doesn't have any weapons. Justin Herbert doesn't have any talent. Keen, what more does Keenan Allen need to do? 15 catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns, through for a touchdown? I mean, that's a number one receiver. I know it's not sexy or glamorous because he's been in the league forever, but what more do you want out of a guy? That's, that's all I'm saying. I, I just don't want the Justin Herbert excuses coming back. The Justin Herbert excuses. I mean, the he scored, barely missed a thirty, another thirty point output. I mean, the the Justin Herbert excuses. You, there's a case to be made for Keenan Allen. I, I would have to watch some more film to be able to make that effectively at this stage of my career. Uh, <laughs> but the Justin Herbert experience isn't. It's not. You know, it's not just that his receivers are poor. Uh, it's the defense and the coaching. That's the Justin Herbert excuse yes and fair. i'm still i'm i'm absolutely married to that excuse i'll never never give it up that's a good thing they healthy scratch jc jackson today though that was good you know that's always a way to integrate your your most expensive players just healthy scratch them they'll figure it out well he sucks oh he does but like what else do you have that you're putting in for it that's my question to them but that's a good point anyway anybody you want to kick down Kalem out of that remaining group because there's one I see that I want to give Doss boot to personally. I would say the Packers are firmly frisky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after their comeback win today, to me, you're looking at either the Patriots or the Falcons. Browns. He's looking at Falcons. Oh, I am. I'm very much looking yeah. at the Falcons. Okay, give us your Ritter uh, review. Well, I've been the guy lately who's watching one game on the main screen. That's what I've been doing, and today. I was like, oh, I really don't want to spend any time watching Vikings Chargers. So I just tossed on, you know, Falcons Lions. And I had the pleasure of watching Desmond Ritter for two hours. He is worse than Zach Wilson to me. He doesn't do anything effectively at all. And it's not like the Lions have some great defense. I'm, you know, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, frustrating fantasy guys, no doubt about it, because... They don't have anybody that can get them the ball. And I actually respect the the Falcons running game that wasn't working today. But, you know, Algier starts for 20 teams. He's a good running back. Bijan Robinson starts for almost every team, probably 30 teams. They are so bad that they still can't do anything. They have six points. He, to me, I would rather have Zach Wilson than Ritter because at least Zach Wilson is like maybe doing something down the field. Maybe. There's like a, a slim chance. He had the one drive today 
Ritter will never have a drive like that. He doesn't have a tangible skill to do it. So I can't take them seriously with him. That's my opinion. But I, I agree. I think they are uh, an unserious team. Again, frisky playoff chances. I mean, I, I know I picked them to win the divisions. We, we maybe weaker division. Um, so I, I don't know if I would fully say they're unserious, but I mean, you put them in, you know, almost any other division, a little bit less open, and they're just getting their teeth kicked in. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm going to defer to you guys on this. I will say though. Uh, I don't know if Desmond Ritter is the worst quarterback in the NFL, but I think the bottom three is pretty solidified. Uh, you can put it in any order you'd like. I'm sure sure you could, we could debate for days about it, but it's Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Desmond Ritter. Yeah. I think 100% of the internet can agree on that. I think Bryce Young makes a strong charge towards that group as well. So you you're a hater. You yeah you Bryce are a, you are a Bryce Young he, hater. He didn't throw for two hundred yards. <laughs> combi- he did, he hasn't thrown for two hundred combined yards in two games. What why is he, anybody acting he's, like he's good? He was, he's but he's, he's, he's only played, played, he's two, played games. two games. Well, two Andy games. Dalton comes in and drops twenty against a pretty good defense with the Panthers' well, offense. Andy Dalton's been in in the NFL for like tw- like since I was in diapers, basically. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm a little overzealous, but. He's to me my he's in the he's in the Mount Rushmore down there with those boys. That's just me. Maybe Russell Wilson actually he could make a charge. As soon as Owen said the consensus bottom three quarterbacks, I was waiting with bated breath to hear Kenny Pickett and trying to find a way to defend him. He actually played okay today. We'll get there, I'm sure. But uh, no, I think uh, your points about uh, Desmond Ritter and him kind of handcuffing or you know being an anchor for the Falcons, pulling down to one serious. I can endorse that. I'm fine with that. Okay, good. And I, I like... So a lot of movers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good because this is so, a full group. So yeah. my concern then is just with the NFC South, I don't know. It, it seems like we should have at least one of those teams in Frisky. And I guess I guess we just have the Bucks, right? Yeah. I think the Bucks would beat the Falcons and the Saints if they played today. Okay. Okay. It's an interesting division. Interesting division for sure. Interesting is one way to describe it. I would like to spend as little time investing interest into it as possible, but I respect it. It's a good, it's at least a tight division. Um, You know, Patriots, Browns, and Packers are all frisk teams to me. I thought, I mean, Cleveland's defense is probably the best in the league. Stout. Yeah. They they are going to go places as long as they have that defense. And Watson... I know he had good stats today, but in my brain, it's so hard to recover from that stupid pass he threw today. The one one where he just whipped it 20 yards into the backfield. That was like all-time brainless. And I think it just confirms that everything is mental and nothing is physical. Because that's just like complete fried brain move. But I couldn't believe my eyes. I thought, I, I don't even know what was happening. I remember... Uh, in one of my games, uh, starting for the Bishop Carroll Cardinals Junior Boys Basketball Team, 0-13, uh, so we were a bit of a poverty team ourselves. We had a guy, <laughs> his girlfriend was there, his family was there to watch him. Uh, and then I think, I guess it was probably the first play of like the second half. 
and he got a little mixed up about which way we were going and he put in a layup on our own net. It was that kind of situation for Deshaun Watson where it's like, did he just get turned around and he thinks he's got a guy wide open with a run at the end zone? Because <laughs> he threw that ball straight backwards. Like that was uh, one of the most unbelievable plays I've ever seen. That to me is like, should be talked about with the butt fumble of just like, what the hell is going on? That was, if they had lost this game, um, maybe that play gets more shine, but. Yeah. I mean, you say that, but how do you get so turned around that you like actually throw it forcefully 20 yards into the backfield? Because you like, if he like sees something on the corner of his eye, he's like, Oh, I got to throw it down the field. I get that. What are you seeing behind you? Like the, the closest thing is like the sideline. Maybe he just saw like miles Garrett and he's like, Oh, like open guy down the field. <laughs> I don't even know. It is kind of like uh, adjacent to shooting on the wrong hoop, really. Shocking. Well, yeah. do you think so? Clearly, he was trying to avoid the sack, and that's why he threw it. Do you think he just like forgot sort of how the lat? Like he's like, it's a forward pass, so it's not a lateral. Yeah. So I'm just gonna let it rip, and then it'll obviously fall incomplete, and I'll, I'll avoid the sack. And he just kind of forgot. Because in my head, that seems plausible, right? You just forgot that. Uh, if you throw backwards, it's a live ball. Yeah, right. Because it wasn't lateral; it was a it was a forward pass. Like it was a you know just regular throwing motion. Yeah, it was. I was just throwing it. It just yeah. I just forgot about the rules. <laughs> Luckily for Deshaun Watson, he has a, a defense to back him up. Uh, I think with that, yeah, the Browns are certainly frisky. Uh, the Patriots. What I will say is, I was a little bit disappointed. I guess uh, the spread is what it was, and they you know, covered it narrowly. Um, but to beat the Jets by five measly points, I don't know if that really aligns with some of the uh, the Patriots talk that's been had on this podcast over, you know, weeks one and two. So uh, to me, like, they might be on watch. I was underwhelmed today, uh, and I'll be looking to see what they can do against Dallas next week. You know, they're the team that's got me in the headlock, I'll be honest. I don't know what to make of them. Some days I think mm -hmm. they're pretty good. Other days I think they're completely unserious because they got a bottom 10, bottom 5 offense. I, You got to beat the Jets by two touchdowns, personally. But they have me so twisted up that in my head I'm also like divisional game. Jets were getting up for this one. I can't. I throw my arms in the air. I, I can't make a pick on them. So... I don't know, Owen, you probably caught the most of that game out of anybody. Uh, I mean, the Jets, there's not really much learned about them that we didn't already, so I think they're kind of good where they are. Uh, but again, I mean, I think the Patriots are sort of what we thought they were as well. Like, I think the defense is like, it's a Bill Belichick defense. They were really well coached, and it helps that you're playing against arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL. Uh, but Mac Jones, I mean, he just does not look like he's made any improvements to me. Like he looks uh, like he's probably of the starting 32 quarterbacks. He's probably in like the 26, 27 range for me. At this Disagree. Point. Disagree vehemently. I think Mac Jones has looked really good. I saw a couple throws where he's like wow. layering it into the second level, just out of reach of the linebackers, but then dropping it in nicely. I think Mac Jones has looked like so much better this year than he has in past years. Um, I guess I didn't watch the game as closely as you, so in, I can kind of defer to you, but 
Uh, I don't think Mac Jones is the problem at all. I think he's looked uh, absolutely serviceable, exactly what they need him to be. Well, I would have a hard time sort of seeing where the like where the team is faltering because it seems to me, I mean, obviously the receiving core leaves a lot to be desired, but I mean, Mac Jones, if they're looking for somebody that can kind of, you know, make sort of intermediate throws uh, and not turn the ball over an excessive amount, I guess he's maybe the guy, but I don't think he's really pushing the envelope really. And he's not really uh, helping them win in a lot of ways. That's kind of how I see it. Um, but I, I do think they're a frisky team just because when they're against the teams sort of similar to them in skill level, I think they, they are do a relatively good job of uh, handling business. And I mean, looking at what the Dolphins did this week and what they even did, you know, in week one, it makes their loss or sorry, the Patriots loss to them look quite a bit better in my eyes. Yeah, I absolutely agree with what you're saying, but that's why I'm so confused. It's like, how do you play with the Dolphins till the last snap of the game and then kick around with the Jets for four quarters? I just, I throw my hands in the air, like I said. I think the skill position players don't do Mac any help either is where I would agree with Caleb. They have the worst set of receivers, and Ezekiel Elliott getting touches in the year 2023 is insane. He is terrible, so... I feel like they don't do them any justice. So I'm fine with them staying where they're at. I, I think that looks good to me. I'm sure we could move up some unseriouses because, well, I don't know. It's pretty limited selection the more I look at it. I might actually propose that the Texans make a two-spot leap up to the Frisk Zone from poverty because I think they should have been in unserious last week. But Kim's vehemently shaking his head. I just think they can move the ball. That's my only take about the Texans. And that's more than I can say about some of the teams in Unserious, uh, the Jets. They certainly can move the ball. Um, so I can appreciate the Texans' poverty into Unserious. A, a two-tier you know, tiered jump to say they're, I guess we don't know what's happening yet with some of these Unserious helmets. But uh, I definitely think the poverty... Uh, the poverty will lose two in that Arizona and Houston should move up to unserious. I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing on that uh, Pats Jets game is Owen said that the Jets were staying where they were. I believe that the Jets are a poverty organization. I, I don't think they have a fucking hope at beating an NFL football team. I think the Jets are undoubtedly poverty. I agree. I I think. Do they have talent on both sides of the ball? Yes. Does it matter because they have Zach Wilson? No. Zach Wilson creates poverty. And Salah, after the game, saying, we're going to stick with Zach because he gives us the best chance to win. That's just, he he doesn't have a clue if that's what he's doing. They needed to bring somebody in yesterday. I don't know why they didn't sign a veteran quarterback weeks ago. They don't, uh, Kalem is completely right. They don't have a hope of beating teams that aren't the Bears the Panthers, or the Broncos. Those are the only three teams that they would be favored against today. And yeah. where does that put them? Pop, yeah, pop. they are. You're right. Mm-hmm. I will say, uh, to the point of the Zach Wilson point, I think it's on the organization, it's almost gross negligence to have left him in there and not brought in a replacement because I think this is a talented team. Uh, and to throw the season away because you're not willing to even get a guy like Matt Ryan 
or Carson Wentz off the street uh, to me is is not only incompetent, it's uh, grossly negligent. And it's not even about the last couple weeks. It's about six, seven months ago. Why wasn't he cut after the season? He had no hope of getting any better, and they kept him around for no reason. And this is what they deserve. I mean, I feel bad because I think Robert Sal is a nice guy. I like all his interview clips. I just I can't think that he'll get another head coaching job after this because this team does not have any spark moving forward, and they haven't for a year and a half. So I I like him, but I'm sorry. I don't see how he survives the season. Uh, he's got seven kids. I mean, uh, <laughs> the schedule that you have as the father of seven uh, has got to be just ridiculous to begin with. And then to coach an NFL team, if you can call the Jets an NFL team, on top of that, uh, it's a tough gig. And, and look no further than uh, I believe Dayball has six kids. So mm-hmm. is that what we're learning, that uh, having many kids makes you a bad coach? But perhaps uh, that's another team that I think is a certain candidate for poverty is uh, the New York football giants. Yeah. And that I, pains me to say, cause I hold a ticket that says they'll win eight games this year, but that is, uh, that's looking bad. I don't think they'll win eight games in the next decade, the way things are shaping up for the giants. <laughs> I'm in favor to kick them down too. They, they're kind of the opposite of the jets. They just don't have talent. I mean, we spent the off season saying they traded for Darren Waller. It's not 2019. Like, I didn't like that trade at the time. I wish I picked them under. I, I was a pure dayball believer, and I'm not a hater. I'm not Owen mode, but they just don't have talent on offense. They they don't have anything. Yeah, I wouldn't kick them down. I really wouldn't. I uh, They looked obviously really bad, but I also I think it's important to note they're playing probably, the I think, most people's best team in the NFL. So as much as I hate Babel and think he's holding the team back, and I think Daniel Jones is probably not uh, worth the money that he's earning, I don't know if they're at the level of the Broncos or if they're at the level of the Jets. I think I think they're a slight cut above that to me. Fair point. So, and that win against like, the Cardinals looks better today than it did last week. Yeah, it does. And I think, I mean, the Niners will make anybody look poverty, in my opinion, or maybe not, you know, everybody, but they'll make teams look really silly. Okay, I'm fine with keeping them because they got the Seahawks on Monday night, so they have a lot of rest for that game. Um, that's a team they can keep close with if they stay, if they want to stay in on series. If they get gashed, I can kick them down, but I'm okay to wait and see until that game. That's fine by me. Is there uh, another one that jumps out to you on in that uh, pack, up or down? Mm, I would say probably not at the moment i mean i think it's important i think we should keep an eye on the colts because with the way that division is kind of shaking out i i think they're in sort of a not in kind of a legitimate place to threaten the afc south uh but no i don't yeah i think everybody else you kind of have pegged really well to be honest with you i agree with you I you know I know we didn't talk about the Saints game or the Steelers game. I think the Raiders are king on serious. The the Josh McDaniel pulling the Matt Lafleur at the end of regulation because his master plan was to get the ball back at his own fifteen with twelve seconds left. Um, he's terrible and that team sucks. Pittsburgh, Kalen, where are you at? You go ahead. I don't have much. I I, I don't. I just I hate thinking about them. 
Yeah, there was positives uh, in this game. I think it, it's so tough early in the season to say. I mean, the first two weeks were against very good defenses in the Browns and the Niners, maybe the two best defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then conversely, week three against what's probably the worst defense in the league. So it's hard to look at tonight's game and say, oh, is something clicking? Because it probably isn't. Um, but is it a confidence builder? I hope so. I think the Steelers are where they belong in unserious. It was a good uh, win tonight. I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, they did what an unserious team is supposed to do. So they get the check mark. Uh, to me, like, I don't know, we're talking about the Jets have to go down simply because Zach Wilson is their quarterback and that keeps them poverty. I wonder if the Raiders uh, are the same in that Josh McDaniel uh, is their coach and he's that bad uh, that they become poverty. That's a question for me. And I I guess I'll just round out the unserious talk by saying that I think the Colts have shown me enough to actually go up to Frisky. I think they could be a divisional uh, underdog there. I think they meet the criteria of like, could be a playoff team. They got a little lucky um, with the no call in overtime against the Ravens today, but they pulled the Ravens into OT uh, and there's, you know, that's got to be worth something. I think the Colts could be frisky team. If not now, uh, then we'll see what they do against the Rams next week. I was going to say, that's a good matchup for them. Home for the Rams. Maybe Richardson plays. Minshew looked okay. I mean, like you said, they didn't really deserve to win that game, but um, I'm okay to keep them in unserious for another week. I want to see it one more time, but they had a good win today. They kept it close for a lot of that game. I know Baltimore... I'm sick and tired of Baltimore playing the exact same game, losing the exact same game, missing a bunch of players. I just, I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear the excuses anymore from them. They just, they're the same team every year and they always have injuries. And I just, I don't care to hear the excuses anymore. I think the Saints, that was a pretty tough blow for the Saints today. They were looking at 3-0 and and I think we're right to have them in unserious, but we said this in the preseason, their schedule is... Gonzaga basketball, they're going to be 11 and 6 or whatever because they play that schedule. They're just this year's Vikings. I don't really rate them as a team. And if Carr misses any time, I don't think they're going to drop off. I thought Jameis looked fine, but I think we have them pegged right. I like the look of that group. And we were right to not touch Washington last week. We just, you know, I feel bad. I like Washington. I like their fans. But today kind of showed, I think on the lower end of who they are, I think they're better than that. But man, that was a tough big gash for them today. I'm happy with unserious, I guess is the, uh, the look and in poverty, congratulations to the Cardinals and the Texans as we decided they're going up. Um, who would you rather be the bears or the Broncos? Bears. I think it has to be the bears. Are you sure though? And I, I just say that. Yes. I, and I, I say that not because of this year, but because the Broncos are just in hell. Like they're going to be bad uh, in the near future. They have a lot of money they owe to Russell Wilson. Whereas the Bears, I mean, they can afford to sort of get rid of Justin Fields and sort of reboot. Uh, and they're bad enough to where they'll have a, a really high draft pick next year so they can get, you know, be in the stakes for, for Caleb Williams or whoever, uh, you know, is at the top of the draft. So I, I think they are probably much more happy with their situation. It's a tough question. I um, I think like a lot of the things you said are applicable to both. Like there's no hope. It is a pure rebuild. 
I guess from the, like the financial perspective and the money that's owed to Ross. Yeah, that's point Chicago. Um, but it is a tough, tough thing. And it's just like such a franchise DNA issue with the bears. Um, I was uh, kind of having this thought exercise this morning and it's just tough uh, for a lot of these high draft picks who get, you know, brought into these bum franchises. Like if Trubisky goes to the chiefs and Mahomes goes to the bears, what then it's like questions like this uh, that just, I don't know. I, I think the bears would have wasted Mahomes. Uh, so you got to wonder, like there's so many moving pieces with professional football um what's coaching uh, you know what's going on but to me i just look at the bears as such a true poverty franchise like the, it's not even that their season is poverty it's that they truly embody poverty um and i guess the same could be said for the broncos in a lot of ways since manning left uh years and years ago it's just been uh, all downhill so i wouldn't want to be either of those teams i don't have a good answer for you phil no, I think you made some really good points there and brought up some interesting ideas. For me, the worst part about the Bears is this is what, like 10, 15 years are just the same situation. They're just always in this situation. It's like, I have a new coach. I drafted a quarterback. He's not good. I'm going to have to start again. And the worst part about the Bears and why I want to be the Broncos more is the Bears have been picking in the top half of the draft for what, 10 years, literally, where like where's the talent they don't have anything to show for it they have no talent on either side of the ball i don't know how it's possible to assemble this bad of a team with all the advantages that they've had in drafts and cap space that's why i want to be them less they just have no track record of doing anything well ever at least denver like i think sean payton is is ready to retire i think taking time off in your football career is a really bad move for him uh to come back and try to reinvent something after taking all that time away i just i have i don't have no hope for them going forward but i think chicago is just the worst situation and and that's you know their over under was seven and a half and I, somebody on this show might have taken an over on that if you could do it again their over under would be like two and a half that's how bad they are ryan poles traded a second round draft selection for chase claypool <laughs> it sucks man i like i feel i feel for bears fans and, and broncos fans i'm starting to feel like that as a steelers fan a little different in that like i've just taken kind of winning and like at least you know competing for granted for so long whereas now the it feels like the tides are starting to turn uh, it's misery when you like actually invest uh in these teams and you like you know, your mood fluctuates with team success. Uh, having that situation where your season is completely dead. And and look at the Jets. That was a conversation I had with my associate Bryce today. You come into the season with so much hope, and I think Bears fans might have too. Uh, and then all it takes is three weeks to be absolutely shot. Uh, not only is the season dead, but it feels like your three- to five-year outlook is uh, dead too. Uh, the tides don't turn super fast in the NFL, despite the turnover. I think a lot of these issues are uh, franchise issues. And, man, it's uh, poverty is a good name for the deer because it's uh, that's what it is. Oh, it's desolate in there. So it's it's going to be the Panthers, the Bears, 
The Bears have both the Panthers and their own first-round picks this year because of the Bryce Young trade. They might be better off taking Williams and Drake May and just hoping that one of them works out. That's how bad the Bears are. They should just have a little one-two competition with their one and two picks at quarterback. Just pray. Um, And then the uh, Broncos and the Jets. So that's a pretty sad four. But I hate to see Owen's team in there, but I'm sure he would agree that it's a pretty bleak outlook. Owen will have a new team by week eight, so he'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm already shopping, so hopefully by then I'll have my mind made up. Owen's on NFL shop right now. He's looking at Tua's. He's like, ah, not bad. No, that's too trendy. I need somebody a little, a little more under the radar. Mm. So if you have any suggestions, float them my way. I mean, you've kind of, you've kind of planted your flag in Arizona. Josh Dobbs, the alopecia king. That might be your guy. Wow. Okay, I didn't really think about that, but if Kyler Murray comes back, I'm out. If he, if, if they just shelf him, I might be in. You know, credit to the Cardinals because they're given a little bit of that. Remember that Dolphin season like five years ago when they traded literally everybody and everybody was like, they're going to win zero games. And they had Brian Flores coaching and they won like five. And it felt like it was like, remember the Titans, like one of the greatest football accomplishments ever pulling off five wins with that roster. I'm getting kind of those vibes with the Cardinals right now. Yeah. I mean, I think they were a lot less talented. They really aren't a very talented team in a lot of ways. But they're, I think they're playing better than the sum of their parts. So, I think if anything, that's probably credit to their coach. Yeah, who we Which, gave, he seems like I, decent... I don't know if their coach. I don't even know the guy's name, but that that guy's a fucking weirdo, man. Like, <laughs> we've established that I'm a coach guy, uh, and he's a poverty coach. That guy is a, a strange, strange cat. So I was thinking about that today. It's uh, weird that they're winning in spite of him. Uh, and then one thing that does come to mind is Owen you brought up Kyler Murray uh you know we just moved him up to unserious but they're on poverty watch just based off the fact that they gave Kyler Murray like one of the biggest deals uh that doesn't make any sense to me and that's uh something that a poverty organization does so let's keep that in our hearts uh into week four they're at risk of always going back because of their situation I agree I had a look at the schedule next week Lots of interesting games, lots of good ones, so it's going to be a good week. I like all the changes we made with the helmets. I feel good. That was a pretty good Sunday. Um, I just want to make sure that we know. Like, Lions-Packers is a good Thursday night game. Bills-Dolphins, we mentioned, is a good game. There's interesting ones, like even that um, Rams-Colts game is interesting. But Sunday night football being Chiefs-Jets is just such a disgrace. I... Uh, we're going to start that show at 5.30 next week because I am not sticking around to see what happens there. But Like the NFL has to work around Taylor's schedule now, but you'd think that they could flex that game and, and push it up. Honestly, send them to London with that game uh, and move. There's a lot of good options for the Sunday night game. I don't understand why they're uh, like they set the schedule preseason and then they kind of lock it in for the prime times, but that's brutal. And Monday night, Seahawks-Giants. That's not pretty either. No, that's a unserious tier game. That's not a good one. So, it'll be good, though. Football's always good. Today seemed like it was going to be a bad day, and then there was a good finish in the morning slate. And the afternoon, you get a couple of these a year where I just shut it down. Two-hour schnooze during the afternoon slate. It was yeah. divine. I don't know if you, if you treated yourself to the same, Owen, but it looks like you might have. I, I- I did. I was on this. Uh, I was on the couch, and then uh, I couldn't get the volume to work because I got a new TV in my house. 
And I guess it just doesn't have a remote, so I just shut her down and just slept for two hours. It was oh. amazing. I could not have had a better time. I, w- I woke up, and the Chiefs were up 41-0. And I was like, this is great. I missed absolutely nothing of substance. I am so happy right now. So you get a couple of those a year where it's a real treat. And next week, because I liked it so much, I even looked at next week, like, is it possible that I could do it? And I would like to watch Patriots-Cowboys, but... You never know, man. The couch is a little compelling on a little three-game slate in the afternoon on a Sunday in the fall. There's just something it calls my name out. I kind of, oh. <laughs> I want to go back in time and just do it again. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. So that's about a nap. It's almost better than a good night's sleep in some ways. Oh, just I, a good nap. I absolutely agree with you. And a huge zonk is underrated. As much as I like a ten-minute nap. Just conking for a hundred minutes is unreal. It is yeah. top tier. But yeah. I, I want to say before we before we wrap things here, mm-hmm. what a coward is Adam Banani. Like yeah. the the audacity to parade in here. Cowboys are elite. Cowboys are elite. I'm 26 and 6. I'm the fucking man. And then the Cowboys take a lick today. And he takes a lick on his picks. Uh and then he doesn't even have uh, you know the chutzpah to to show up and eat it uh like a man that is a coward move uh, that's a poverty tier uh move yeah is all i can say it's sad and i think especially because we've been nothing but accountable i mean i've told adam three or four, four times uh, over the course of the last few shows you know i've, I've credited him for when he's right and, and i've taken heat for when i'm wrong and i've got nothing the other way nothing yeah, and you know what? I think Caleb just came up with the name for this show. Um, Adam is a poverty tier coward is the name of this show because <laughs> this move, it doesn't sit right with me and I won't forget it. And I think that every time he brings up a pick for the next six weeks, eight weeks, I might have the audacity to say, no, I don't like your picks, man. You, you can be right all you want. You can provide great reasoning. I don't want them from you. I don't want you taking the credit and then disappearing vanishing act when it doesn't work out for you. I almost want to demote the Cowboys because of him, not even for anything that they did just because of him. And I'm not against the idea. Now that I put it out there, it doesn't, there's nobody, there's nobody to object. That's what I'm saying. I got to say though, if we take him down and then, Bring him back up, then that's at it's going to be Adam Show times a million. F- fair, yeah. good point, good point. Whereas I want him here to bring him down if they can't get it done against Pats next week. So it was a great idea, Phil. But Owen Owen has a great counterpoint. That is yeah. a better counterpoint. You know, I'm not going to forget this night. We will get him. There will be vindication. I'm just kind of in shock. I like uh, Owen said it very well, and I don't like to give Adam credit any more than I like to give. Uh, the Cowboys credit, but if you cut the tape on last week's episode, I told him he's seeing things so clearly. I gave him all the credit in the world, 26 and six. That's incredible. Dallas, very good. Um, you know, I really, I really flew the Adam flag and, and to show him, uh, to see him, you know, show this kind of level of, uh, cowardice, I think is the only word. Uh, it's, it says a lot about a person and yeah, <laughs> I think Phil, Phil, to your point, I won't forget this either. And this is something we need to keep uh, in our minds, not only in week four, but uh, through the season. Yeah. yeah. You were a rider for Adam last week. You rode. And I did. Look at how he repaid you. 
Not nice. Exactly. Judas. He is Judas. Uh, <laughs> can we get a recap on how we did uh, on our picks? I know we missed oh, New York. You don't even have to worry. Three and one days. again. Three and one again. Another winning week. All we do so far is have great success. So good for Who us. Did we have? We had the Texans, Steelers. Texans, Steelers, and the Patriots. Look at us go. So Wednesday night, we're going to bring some more winners, and I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. So another successful week done, and let's not forget this night. Ten. 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 Raw. Love to see it. We'll be back Thursday, week four. Going to be a good time.